This episode of Bullshit Breakaway is brought to you by <laughs> Second Week, everybody. Theathletic.com slash blue shirts. You guys know what The Athletic is. We've had a million athletic writers on. You can go to theathletic.com slash blue shirts today. All not capital. Lowercase, please. And subscribe for the low, low price of $2.99. Also, if you're in the area on Sunday, we, me and Greg will be going to a Riveters game. And on top of that, if you haven't seen our new holiday sweaters produced by EmpiricalDesigns.net that are up for our Patreon subscribers, please go check them out. They are wonderful. They have menorahs, Christmas trees, giraffe, 8-bit hockey, everything you could want. And they are super limited, like really limited. We have very small amount left. So if you're not signed up for the Patreon yet and you want one, go grab them soon. All right, big show today. Uh, we recorded before the Vancouver game. As I'm recording this right now, it's 1-1 in the third. Philip Heedle has scored his first goal of the year. Very proud of that boy. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't cover that. We'll cover it next week. Enjoy the show. Bushwick Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, as always, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, also, as always, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello. I've been a couple times where I wasn't here. One time. That's like, one time. That's like one time. It was, like it was long, one time. A long, long time ago. Two weeks from now, Greg, is our three-year anniversary. That's crazy. I can't believe it either. The, and the one time I actually showed up for five minutes. That was, I wasn't supposed to show up at all. That was true, but yet you were here. But you're such yeah. a such a good friend to me. Yeah, that's weird. I was in Norfolk, Virginia, working the Miac men's basketball tournament. Oh what boy. a weird time in my life! <laughs> How much has really changed with the weird part for both of us? I, I think I'm not going little. to the Miac tournament anytime soon. Yeah, I can I, tell you that. I guess that's true. Oh, you know what, Greg? I said to you uh-huh. a couple weeks ago on this podcast. I did. I, I did. No, I promise. Someone can find the audio clip because I certainly won't. The Rangers, at some point this season, will have a four-game winning streak, and I will be excited and happy. And here I stand, an excited boy, a happy boy, because right now, <laughs> I, I know you're going to give to me. I know yeah. this is coming. I know. Uh-huh. Can I just do my okay. impression? Ryan, none of this matters. I don't give a shit. The standings <laughs> don't matter, Ryan. You look at the standings. You look at them now. I don't care. <laughs> okay. No, um, keep going. Keep going. I'm and then having, I'll, I'll chime in. That's fine. I'm having a great time as a Ranger fan currently. Sure. This is the most fun I've had watching the Rangers in three years, at least. The team, and that's fine. The team is fun. They're competitive. Uh-huh. They're in yep. every game. Yes, I'm that? aware the shootout is a dumb way to settle a hockey game. Rick, Pretty shitty. Rick, I get it. Stop yelling at me on Twitter. It is a dumb way to settle a hockey game. But uh-huh. that's the way the format is, as Quinn said. So we're going to take those points while we get them. Right now, sure. we are currently... Above yep. the standings of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and I'm just going to ride this enjoyment train. We're recording right before the Vancouver game tonight, so I don't know what happened. It's, uh-huh. It might have been miserable, and you're like, Ryan, why are you so happy? Mm-hmm. But we're going into a week where we're playing Vancouver. I think we'll win. I'm probably going to eat, eat dirt on that one. And then we play the Islanders on Thursday, and guess what? I, I know they beat us every time, but mm-hmm. if we could just beat the Islanders once, I think, you know, that would be a, I'm in a really good mood is what I'm saying. It's a nice, fun time for a hockey fan. Okay, root it for me. Yeah, you want you want the wet blanket now or you want it later? Well, Buchnevich is out for four to six weeks. Buchnevich, yeah, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rangers are 5-0-1 their last six games. Yes, sir. Even even with that, they're still an under 500 team, mm-hmm. which is... Mm-hmm. 
Our, yes, our, Ryan. <laughs> they've won eight games and they've lost nine. That makes you an under 500 team. Eh, is it a loss, though, or is it an overtime point? It's a loss. Did they win the game? Why are we ha- having this debate? Okay. They played 17 games and they've won eight of them. That, that makes you an under 500 team. Um, during this 5 on one stretch that they're on, uh, friend of the podcast, Sean Tierney, who was on this podcast last week, hey. he, <laughs> the Rangers have moved closer to the bad quadrant while they've been winning games, as opposed to moving towards either good or fun, which is uh, some in the business would say bad for business. Well, that chart can suck a D because okay. right now I'm having fun. I get to sure. watch, I get to watch sure. the God himself, Neil Pionk, go coast to coast. Uh-huh. I, I get to watch uh, other players do great things like Chris Kreider, who's been sure. on fire sure. recently. Jimmy Vesey, another player, really, now, truly now, shining. Ryan, Ryan, do me a favor. Yes. Uh, remind me... In the first 12 games of the season, how the Mets did this year? Hmm. <laughs> and then remind me how the Mets did the rest of the season. Okay. Um, I believe at one point during that time mm-hmm. on our private Facebook group that is yep. you and our dear friends, you said, I think it's time to admit it, the Mets are the best team in baseball. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened What happened two weeks later? Uh, I think you posted, someone quoted it in our group and said, I'm saving this for later. And then four weeks later, you had lost like almost every single game. And you said, I think it's time to admit it. The Mets are the worst team in baseball. Yeah, let's let's just let's just snap snapshot this for a second. The Mets started this year eleven and one for those who don't listen to this podcast and definitely didn't hear me basically um pleasing myself every night on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Even if you want to go first month, the Mets were seventeen and nine. I love on May how 1st. you know this. <laughs> yeah, seventeen on nine and nine on May first. Uh, the record in the month of June was five and twenty-one. Yeah. So all I'm saying is it's pretty early in the season for anyone to be, be. The fact that we never did this when the Rangers were expected to be good. I don't understand why everyone's looking at the standings in November. It's 12th. funny you say that because I I also thought that I was like if we were doing what we did now when we expected the Rangers to be good we would be flaming this team. Nonstop, because one of the real one of the real problems with this team, Greg, from watching the games is they give up a lot of late goals. We're talking some serious late, like really dumbheaded mistakes. Where it's almost like Ryan, it's almost like this team isn't very good defensively. It's not. It's definitely not. But if if the one flaw this team certainly has over every other right now currently is that you'll see the Rangers let up these goals with under 30 seconds remaining to play multiple times this season. Uh, absolutely crushing for Henrik in that Red Wings game where he, I thought he played exceptionally. And by the way, did anyone expect us to win that game? Did you guys know that Jimmy Howard was starting for the Red Wings? We never beat that guy. He always crushes us. And he stood on his head again on Friday night. It is, it is funny how the Rangers this year have become just adept at giving up the late goal, whereas last year it was first two minutes of the game, they were guaranteed to give up a goal early. Uh, they've just completely flipped the script, script with a new coach. That's always fun. But, yeah, man, I don't know. I just – years in which we expected the Rangers to make the playoffs, I, I feel like there was just an agreement that we weren't looking at the standings before January 1st. And now this year, the year we all expect the Rangers to be bad – Everybody's looking at the standings on, in early November, being like, oh, "I don't know." Well, We're let me, in a playoff let me, position. Let me counteract you there because I think sometimes they have, when you they have seven, they they have eighteen points this year. Like, chill, guys. Yeah. You understand that well, it's going to take me, ninety points I'll to use, make playoffs. Well? I'll use something you're very familiar with to explain this. Sometimes for Christmas, you're not expecting to get something like a huge gift, 
But then someone surprises you with some surprise gift. Like, for example, as a good son, I surprised my mother with Billy Joel tickets last year. Great job, Ryan. She had no... It's not even Thanksgiving, Ryan. She had no idea that was coming. Eat a turkey before we start talking about the standings. My God, (laughs) what is going on? I just... I'm so confused. It's... It's... I get that people don't like going through a rebuild, but at the same time, a win in November means as much as a win in April, sure. It's still just fucking November. Like, there are so many games left in this season. Yeah, but as some crazy fast food uh, commercial would say, I am loving it. I get to look, and I'm above the Penguins in the standings. Yes, I know it doesn't matter. Sure, I know that I'll I'll end up... Real, yeah, very I, far I down in the metro, but let me enjoy it while it lasts. I get so just, little. Enjoy it. Just don't look at the fucking standings. Like, why are you looking at this? You can enjoy this season as much as you want without looking at the standings. The standings are meaningless. I need to get that through everybody's head. I'm, standings I, don't matter, I can, especially in November. I'm not arguing with that they matter or not. I'm just taking a peek. I'm like, Ooh. I just, I know how much you love the people that are. If the season ended today, oh, I hate those people. That, but yeah, well, that's what you're being, right? I am not. I, yes, I, you are. I don't want to make the playoffs. I'm very clear about that. If we are making oh the playoffs, God. that's a that is a bad news, Bears. If we make it, just, I know that sounds yeah, crazy. I oh God, I, I wish it was just you that was just being this irrational this early I'm not being irrational. I don't want you're, you're being kind of irrational. You were trying to justify to me earlier how the Rangers are over 500, you stupid idiot. They are, if you don't... They're not! That. <laughs> <laughs> They've won less than half their games. That That's the very definition of 500. Uh, oh my God, I'm well, going to drive my mind insane. Okay, well... You're the, the worst, the team, you're the worst. I, Should we get into actual like news and play and shit like that now? No, why would we get into actual news when we could do an okay. actual plug? Oh my God. Let's talk about theathletic.com. Guys. I feel like this is even earlier than when I tried to do it last time and you yelled at me. It is. It actually is. Do you okay, want to save it for it. a second? For we'll it. save it for no, a minute. No, 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 no. You started it. Don't well, don't tease the I, listener. I'm going to tease it in the same way that I uh, we, we give two plugs on this podcast every week, right? We plug okay. theathletic.com slash blue shirts. And we plug Mika Hockey Stat Miner. So, in, in the athletic plug of the week, I will say... Leas Anderson will not be sent back down to Hartford ever. Confirmed by Rick Carpinello of the Athletic and his ELC contract, where he will not he will lose his slide ability. There you go. Well, the that was confirmed. Rick says it was never going to happen. Never going to happen. I was wh- confirming it for him. Whether whether that's true or not, we knew it wasn't going to happen anymore because of the big news today, which is Pavel Buchnevich broke his thumb and he's out four to six weeks. Right. And that, you can read more about that on TheAthletic.com from our good friend Rick Carpinello. The Athletic is a subscription-based publisher of Smarter Sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, no autoplay videos. Instead, readers subscribe to The Athletic for more in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their team inside and out. Coverage goes beyond recaps and trade speculation to provide smarter analysis and deeper perspective about teams and the league. Guess what? Over 700 news stories published across all sports are posted each week. You can go to right now and get the the Athletic Today for the low, 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 low price of $2.99 a month. If you go to theathletic.com slash blue shirts, that is theathletic.com slash blue shirts, uh, and sign up today. Yep, not not only will you get Rick's recap of the Columbus game, which I think is fantastic because Rick talks about a guy he's he has admittedly not liked since they acquired him, which was Tony D'Angelo. Uh, well, we have a lot to talk about with D'Angelo. We have a lot, but I, I just also, there are two articles I do want to plug on The Athletic while oh, I'm talking about it. Get it um, great friend of the podcast, Shana Goldman, had a phenomenal piece on something you and I have talked about on this podcast a lot, which is 
Neil Pionk, the eye test versus the numbers. Oh, man. Um, if you haven't read that piece already, you're doing yourself a disservice. It is very good. And I know this is a hockey podcast. You guys know how much we like baseball. Ken Rosenthal had another great notes um, article out today in which he talks about how the Phillies are trying desperately to trade Carlos Santana one year after signing him. Yeah, that was a bad signing, guys. So. Yeah, it's almost like Reese Hoskins isn't a left fielder, and people should have known that. But anyway, uh, back to the Rangers. Yeah. News item number one, Pavel Buchnevich, four to six weeks. Oh, yeah, weeks. at theathletic.com slash Bouchard. Okay, Pavel Buchnevich, uh, four Biggest, to six weeks. This is a, it could, could there have been a bigger bummer of an injury? No. Could you think of uh, Heedle? Uh, yeah, Heedle or Anderson, I guess. Would, well, I don't know. I think Heedle would be the most bummed out i'd be i think Butch is uh, a definite i don't know if i second. would be i don't know if i would be with Heedle or any it's it it booch seemed to find a group right he got back in the lineup after his scratch he's played phenomenal the last couple of games you can make an argument that saturday was his best game of the season and for him to get the injury now it's just a huge bummer like it's not even a bummer from the your perspective of this team's fun to watch and maybe kind of sort of they're gonna stay on the periphery of a playoff spot it's a huge bummer because he's a young kid that seemed to have been getting it finally. And he was riding a good wave of momentum. And now that wave has just crashed short. Yeah. The, uh, as, as a friend of the podcast, Michael Silver says, the Quinn bin has, has did really good work for Pavel Buchnevich. He got benched. He got to play the way he wanted to play. He came out. He's playing with a ferocious style. Is that yeah, appropriate? He played pissed off. He played pissed off. Yeah, he really did. And it sucked because when he went to the bench and I saw him holding his thumb, and the trainer was like looking at his thumb, and Pavel had that face on, like "fuck, it's definitely broken." I was like, "Ah, I hope that's not broken." And here we are. So four to six weeks without my Russian boyfriend, Pavel Buchnevich, is a, a bad way to live life. Yeah, and I, I'll just add, there's no point in rushing him back. Like, if it's four to six weeks, just let it be six. Um, I get wanting to get him back into the lineup as soon as possible because, again, young player, developmental season, playing some of his best hockey. It is a huge fucking bummer for him not to be in the lineup. But at the same time, um, it's the kind of season where if one person goes down, it presents an opportunity for someone else. And that opportunity, by the looks of it, is going to Ryan Spooner. Well, actually, it's going to Leas Anderson. Mm. Um, for a game, it's going to Ryan Spooner because Matt Zuccarello isn't healthy. When Zuccarello's healthy, that's Zook's spot. So Zook is going to get it back. But this does mean... There's Leas is going to stay tied to Hayes, I think, for the immediate future. I, I, and, and, I think at least for the next two weeks of games, I'll be surprised if Leas Anderson moves off that. I one. do like to talk about this with you every week, sort of. It's like, who has been the best Ranger since we last spoke? Hayes has to be in that top three conversation, right? I mean, bit- if, if not, if not Buchnevich, and if we're, if we're saying a forward, uh, yeah, it, it's Kevin Hayes. And it's gotten to a point where it's reignited the debate. It's one of those... I feel like we're just going to oscillate between stories this entire year uh, until something happens. Are you trying to say we're big fans? No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like one week we're going to be talking about... I hope, you hit, I hope you get that joke in a minute. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> one, one week, I mean, it's not going to be one week. I feel like it's going to be every podcast. We're going to talk about Philip Heedle's deployment or lack thereof. And then another week we're going to talk about Rangers defensive pairings. And then another week we're going to talk about... Kevin Hayes and the fact that he's playing on a one-year deal. Wow. Hello. Whoa. Hey. Um, Kevin Hayes is playing on a one-year deal. And on one hand, he's young enough where if the Rangers decide he is part of their long-term future, it makes a whole lot of sense to extend him in January. And yet on the other hand, it's hard to imagine the Rangers having a better trade chip right now than Kevin Hayes. 
It's and his value probably couldn't be higher than it is right now. He's hard to believe, right? Playing out of his mind. Uh, his passing lanes have been extraordinary. The the Kreider goal where he just finds a way to get Kreider that pass. And Kreider, like, uh, I think after the game, they I think they were asking, Kreider, what did you see on that goal? He's like, what do you mean? I'd say it was the easiest goal of my life. Kevin Hayes p- provided me with open net. It was, and that's all that all that's he's just been so good. And if you can trade him now at the highest value, listen, I'm not a stocks guy, but I think the thing you're supposed to do is sell high. I've 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 read that, and it's not just that fact that Hayes is generating offense without having to put the puck in the back of the net. He has also been. You can make a case that Kevin Hayes has technically been the Rangers' third best player in the defensive zone this entire season. Um, so number number one being Brady Shea, just to do just to talk this out. Number one, Brady Shea. Number two, Freddie Clayson. And then I, I, I think it's I think it's Kevin Hayes. Number three. Um, <laughs> it, it's tough. That's that's the range of defense for you. It's it's uh, it's a whole bag that just keeps on giving. Fun times. Um, yeah, it it's tough. And I I I mean we've talked about this at nauseum, and we've we've mentioned it. I've told you that it, it, I, I I can see a scenario where the Rangers run out the clock on Kevin Hayes, and they don't trade him or extend him, um, and then we it. Again, this this is one hundred percent up to Jeff Gordon. I, it's not a bad thing to have too many centers. You can always find a spot for someone in the lineup. We're seeing it right now that Leah Anderson's playing a wing. I'm not saying he's a wing long term, but it is it is hard to imagine. I I, I just think like your best case scenario maybe for Leah Anderson is he becomes Kevin Hayes. So like if that's if that's your again. It, there are obviously scenarios with Lee. I shouldn't say his best case scenario, but you'll be happy if Leas Anderson develops and becomes Kevin Hayes. So if you're going to be happy with that, you have to think to yourself, do you really want to trade Kevin Hayes? And you and I have been pretty clear on this. I think we're both team trade. I couldn't because, be more team trade. Yeah, it's he not just, that I don't it, like it, Kevin Hayes. I really do like Kevin Hayes. He's just at that weird age, man. If he was two years younger, we're not having this discussion. No, I, it's I, like, I think, oh, shit. And... I mean, that is like kind of Zabinijad, right? I do want to keep him. Yeah, but even even Zabinijad, like with the right offer on the table, uh, yeah, it's I think about it. But it also helps that Zabinijad is, one, locked up long-term, and two, under a very reasonable cap hit on that contract. So oh, it makes absolutely. sense. Like the problem with Kevin Hayes is at this point, there's no scenario where he's going to settle for less than $6 million a year. And he should, uh, by the way. He's no, playing his ass off. No, and, but the Rangers also made the determination – 16 months ago that they don't want to be paying a center six and a half million dollars a year. And they traded him to Arizona and Derek Stepan is better than Kevin Hayes. Yeah, so, he is. Yeah. I don't, I, it, it's it, just it's a weird very timeline and, because if you're a Ranger fan, you're thinking you're competing in 2021, right? That's your next, that's when you're getting back. To I, business. I, I really, I, I, I think it's, I think it's 2020, especially if they're signed. Like if, if Panarin's actually happening, I don't think you can sell Panarin on being like, Hey man, the first two years of your contract, you're going to be on a bad team. Yeah, you probably. I, I think you can sell Panarin on being like, we're still in a transitional year. You're basically a, the our version of an Amari Stoudemire, where we need you for this first year. Oh and then yeah, that you, went that, really well. <laughs> well, look, there was a plan in place for that, right? And the Rangers might be following a similar path. Like, I don't think you sell Panarin on being like, hey man, the reason you're coming here is because it's New York. Everything else is just bonus. bonus. Yeah, you have to sell Panarin on being a winner sooner rather than later. And I, I have a hard time thinking that you can tell him it's going to take multiple years uh, to get back to that status. So I, I do think 2020 seems to be the realistic target 
Um, cause by, I, I mean, you know, who's going to be here by then, but at the same time, 2020, even if 2020 is the realistic target, that means you got 28, 29 year old Kevin Hayes. Like it's, it's not, he's not out of his prime, but at the same time, he's not getting better. And that's the unfortunate, well, that's no, the unfortunate you, you truth don't, about you hockey. Don't need him, you don't need him to get better. And that's he's still getting better now. Like this is the best hockey we've ever seen Kevin Hayes play. Oh, it's not even close. Um, it it's just tough. He's he's. It's not that the Rangers don't have the money to sign Hayes and Panarin. That's never been it. Uh, it's. I just. I. I think Hayes is just in a funny spot, and I, I. I really do think if he plays this well now and continues it for even another a week, another two. I mean, the good news we we were on this podcast last week, and I told you if Leah Anderson is up here, there's no. I didn't think there was a scenario the Rangers were going to send him back down quickly. Um, and it was looking like the Rangers were going to have to move someone out in order to accommodate him. And the game of hockey has provided Elias Anderson with a Matt Zuccarello injury and now a Pavel Buchnevich injury. So it's not like the Rangers have to make a lineup decision for another month. No. And, and, same- and McLeod gets to stay and play hockey as long as he wants. We're going to get to that, too. We got, we got a lot of things to get to before we, we nice, bring we Nick, a, we Nick a nice out minutes to finish all that up. So let's keep going. Yeah, it, uh, Hayes is tough, guys. It, it's that simple. Um, you have to be realistic about what the Rangers are this year, and regardless of how well they're playing right now, which honestly still isn't that well. They just happen to be winning games. Um, it if the if the price is right, it makes a ton more sense for Kevin Hayes to be playing his hockey in say. I mean, name name the contender. Everyone can use Kevin Hayes, but Winnipeg specifically. Uh, they just always feel like the perfect partner in a Kevin Hayes trade. Imagine living your life in New York City and then living your life in Winnipeg. Winnipeg, yeah, that's <laughs> tough. Uh, Murat is going to yell at you. I, I don't, you know what? Murat is such a nice no, guy. No, he wouldn't. He'd, be like, he'd come on this podcast and be like, hey, guys, you know what? That's that's true. It's actually a valid complaint, okay? It's small here, all right? <laughs> um, it, it's tough. It, it just there's, – there's so much you can get in a Kevin Hayes trade right now. And I, I do think you're at a point where – it's it's at least what you got for Rick Nash, if not more. Um, just given his age, his productivity, his honestly his clean bill of health, which is one of the biggest things the Rangers probably have going for him in trade talks. Um, it just it. I'm all for a Kevin Hayes extension. I'm just also more for a trade. I am way more for a trade. I think the value will be there. A team will get desperate and they will pay up. And I will be happy with the return. That's my goal in life. I want yeah, I just, I really, I do think that the time to trade him is now, though. You just because you, you uh, just I have don't want to wait. Why would I want to wait? There's, there's, yeah, there's you, a bigger market. He's healthy. Nothing's wrong with him. He's on fire. He's in the public eye, guys. He's got to go now if we're gonna go. Where the the stock can only go down. How could this go higher? Is my real question. Well, he scores a hattie tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. Cross my fingers. All right, let's uh, talk about Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to touch Spooner while we're talking forwards. Yeah, let's we'll, you want to do forwards? We'll do Spooner Heedle then. Yeah, oh, I I just think to finish the Pavel Buchnevich point is um, that everyone was thinking when Buchnevich went down that meant Heedle was going to come up, but I I think David Quinn has been very clear that he doesn't want Philip Heedle playing a wing. Uh, he tried it earlier this year. He didn't like what he saw, and he put him back at center. And regardless of how many wings get injured, I think Philip Heedle is going to be down the middle one way or the other. Um, like I said, it's great for Leas Anderson because he's going to get he, Leas got 15 plus minutes of ice time against the Blue Jackets. As long as Booch is out, I think that's going to keep happening, and that's great. 
Fantastic. Keep keep feeding Elias minutes. Let, let's see what happens. I've liked like, what he's played, by the way. Is great. He's been really – he's been out there. He's been uh, – I don't want to say he has a lot of grit and toughness, but he, he has shown that. I've been, I've yeah. been impressed with Elias' play. Um, moving Ryan Spooner up, you know, I guess you can make the argument that the Rangers simply don't want to mess with that VC Fost Howden line. I think that's it more what it is well. than anything else. I think this is also show, a showcase game. Where they're they're trying to showcase Spooner and Nemestikov. They want Nemestikov's played very well since he's come back I, in the line. I'm not saying that he hasn't. I'm just saying you, you you always have more time to showcase because these guys are definitely trade pieces and we all know it. The problem is Ryan Spooner's just been flat out bad. But honestly, my anger my anger isn't that Ryan Spooner's up. Um my anger I'm not even that angry at David Quinn right now. Um which, Remember, will, which will be interesting in 10 minutes when Mick, Nick Mercadante comes on. So Yeah, he's not he's not a David Quinn guy. I'm actually really excited to have Nick on because Nick hates two things, David Quinn and Tony D'Angelo, and I think that it's going to be a phenomenal conversation with him. Um, remember last year when um, we were talking about guys like Steve Camper, or two years ago when we were talking about Tanner Glass, and we would get so frustrated that AV would keep putting these guys in the lineup? Yes. Remember how I – Remember how I got to a point? I do remember that. Where I told you specifically, like, at some point, the finger needs to stop being pointed at Elaine Vigneault and you need to start pointing it at Jeff Gorton because he, he is allowing his coach to play with these broken toys. And th- you believe the same thing is happening now? I do. Because, especially a night like tonight, like, how can you be angry at David Quinn for having I, – I get being angry at Quinn for having Heedle have to play between McLeod and Letary, but the Rangers legitimately don't have another healthy forward to put in over Cody McLeod right now. No, they don't. So how how could you really be angry at this point? Right, but even at even at that point, if if David Quinn again, I don't think David Quinn has been looking for opportunities to get Cody McLeod in the lineup. I think David Quinn has been putting McLeod in the lineup because he's trying to imprint a lesson on someone that he wants to take out of the lineup. So I, I the difference between Quinn and Av is I think Av was looking for opportunities to get his guys in, and Quinn is looking for opportunities. Or, or teaching moments to take his guys out. Like, those are two very different mindsets. So I'm not, I'm not angry that Quinn keeps putting Heedle with McLeod because who, the Rangers have four very talented centers. Someone talented would have to play with Cody McLeod. At some point, you just got to be angry at Jeff Gorton for rostering this guy. Is there anyone... And, and honestly, look, look, Vinny Letary is a fun guy to root for. He's, he's a grinder. He's a small guy. He's exciting. Um, he has scoring potential, but, but at some point you just got to call a spade a spade, and he's probably not an NHL player. Whew. Uh, you know, I, I want to disagree with you because I feel like Vinny plays with a lot of spunk, but then I'm just convincing myself that he is, right? Is, is he a player that'll be on this team in two years? Probably not. Not, I hope not. Like, if the Rangers want to be real contenders in two years, I don't think you can have a Vinny Letary on your roster. I just, I do, he's, a good, I do, he's a good depth piece. In I case. do feel bad once in a while for players like that because I like Vinny. He he brings a lot to the game. You could tell how hard he tries, but sometimes trying just isn't enough. As well, you, as you just, can tell by this podcast, he's he's your prototypical quadruple A player. Like there, it, it's it's more common to see this in baseball because there's just so many players on that roster and so many guys mm-hmm. get put in and put out on a daily basis. Um, would you rather Vinny, have Boo Dieves up right now? Not just Boo. Um, Vili Meskinen is a guy that we've talked lots about that's performing admirably in uh, Hartford right now. Uh, Cole Schneider, 
I don't think he's necessarily a long-term piece at all, but he's a, a he has a long track record of putting up points in the AHL where if Filipino is going to be on your fourth line, you want a point producer next to him as well. Um, but you know what? I, I don't want to focus this on Vinny because it's not really him. It, it, go, it just goes back to my point that if Filipino, there is a scenario where Filipino is getting eight to nine minutes of ice time a night, and I'm not angry about it. If you are putting him with pieces that allows him to succeed, Filipino continues to grade out as one of the better Ranger forwards all season. And that is while playing with on any given night, He's played most with Spooner, McLeod, and Letary, who rank Ooh. last, second to last, and third to last as in terms of uh, productive goals above replacement Ranger forwards. That is, they are the so three worst forwards. Real tough. the Rangers is the three worst forwards the Rangers run out on a nightly basis. Heedle plays with them, and Heedle still shines. Like at some point, you can't be like, "Well, Heedle doesn't have any goals." Who, who the fuck's he playing with that Heedle is supposed to create goal-scoring opportunities? Yeah, sometimes it's, it's – you know what's hard to do? Create goals by yourself. And if you can, you're a star player. Yeah, and you're not playing on a fourth line. It, no. it It's hard. I I don't mind David Quinn saying, I don't want Heedle on a wing. So I, I don't hate that Heedle didn't get moved up when Buchnevich went down. I understand that. I just – I wish Jeff Gordon equipped this roster with younger – more intriguing players on the bottom line for David Quinn to use at his disposal than Cody fucking McLeod. Let's go got, to D'Angelo real quick before we get to yeah, Nick. Let's hit it because he's been I, – I, has I, there been a better Ranger pairing this entire season than Brady Shea and Tony D'Angelo? No. I, I can say that very confidently. Uh, even Sam was saying in the broadcast, he was like, you know, Tony D'Angelo has been the best defenseman for the Rangers. And I was like, what? Sam Rosen just said that to my earbuds? That's insane. I, I don't, I, it just goes to show you that maybe we do have something here. And there's a, it's really good that we didn't send him to waivers because we, we wouldn't have discovered this. Now, we still don't know if this is real or not. He still could um, turn into a pumpkin at midnight. But for now, it's nice to see that we might have a potential second pairing guy on our hands. Yeah, I, or or at least a useful rotational defenseman that deserves to be on the night for 82 games a year, right? Well, uh, he has to play every, oh, every this, single the rest, night. The rest of the, let me put it this way. Whatever David Quinn told Tony D'Angelo he wanted to see from him in practice, if Quinn hasn't seen it, Quinn's never going to see it because he's performed admirably. And if, if you're looking for a defenseman that need to take a seat, uh, Tony D'Angelo is nowhere near that conversation anymore. It is not, um, bro. Our, my dear boyfriend, Brandon Smith, might be. Uh, yeah, he's garbage. Like it's, uh, he he got off to a decent start to start the season, but he's just ass. Yeah, like, he's been pretty bad. I hope I hope married life is treating him well because my guy is not getting another NHL contract at this rate. No, how could he? I mean, he might get one at, like, like league minimum. Johnson got a fucking second NHL contract, so who the fuck knows? He's definitely getting a league minimum, if anything. But yeah, it, but Brandon Brandon Smith, like we we've talked about guys who deserve who don't deserve to take a seat that have taken a seat for um, educational reasons. Brendan Smith is taking a seat because he's just not a good NHL defenseman right now. As much as we've shat on Mark Stahl in this podcast, Brendan Smith has been worse. And I I don't think it's very close. Um, Smith is not playing tonight or yesterday, whenever you guys are listening to this. Definitely yesterday. doesn't deserve to play. I don't know how Smith gets back into this lineup, quite honestly, for unless there's an injury – there's no one, especially on the left side, that I would sit right now for Brendan 
Again, this includes Mark Stahl. I would not sit Mark Stahl for Brendan Smith. Like, there's no point. All what's, right. what's going on there? Let's, uh, let's, I just, let's, let's say this. Let's transition. Oh, you want to say one more thing? One more thing. Just give me fucking Freddie Clayson and Neil Pionk. That's all I want. That's all I want. Freddie Clayson, Neil Pionk, and, and Shea D'Angelo? Sounds yeah, give, it's pretty give good. Me that, give me that top four and then stall Shattenkirk and just let him cook and see what happens. All right, man. Let's transition over to uh, Nick Mercadante of Hockey Graphs, Hockey Graphs, to talk all things about how much he hates David Quinn, probably. All right, transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only guest of the day. We have Nick Mercadante of Somewhat Hockey Graphs. Nick, what's up, man? What's going on? Somewhat Hockey Graphs. Somewhat that's Hockey Graphs. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice I'm, introduction. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm around hockey graphs. I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say I write for hockey graphs, but I'm of of the uh, of the hockey graphs arena. Do, generally do, speaking, do you know what's more sad than that? I I could say I could introduce you another way. Nick Mercadante, he's got a blue check mark. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> uh, all the credentials Nick, you need. Nick, let's uh, let's get into the hard hitting questions, man. Uh, Roma, what's going on with Roma this year? Oh, oh, this is a Roma podcast? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this changes everything, guys. Where do I begin? Uh, Someone no. fill an idiot like me in, please. Uh, uh, here, uh, the only thing I, I, I'll say is if you haven't given Italian soccer a chance. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. This year, you might want to just – just wait a couple of years. Just let them get there. Like it's like right now they're on this ESPN Plus, but they're somebody's peering through a window and they're like just getting out of the shower and they're all like sight unseen, you know, with their gut hanging out and in their underwear. And and then they look up and they're like, oh my god, everybody's watching. We got to pay attention. And uh, so yeah, you might want to just give them like a season or two to get their whole act together and then tune in because right now their broadcasts are an absolute dumpster fire. Um, it much like how Roma plays most of the time. I, what I will say is this, um, we have Ronaldo, uh, in Syria now. Congratulations. It yeah. It makes the league imminently worse because Juve will never be stopped now. But, uh, you know, so yeah, that's my that's that's uh, Italian. And soccer that was talking soccer with Bushwick's breakaway. Very nice, <laughs> got that out of the way. Yeah, don't don't watch, don't watch, and 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 just pretend you never heard anything about it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's get in the real business that we have here. Uh, you're one of the. I I feel like sometimes people accuse us of having guests on that come off as yes men because they just agree. We end up agreeing with them all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got, a, I got a feeling, Nick, that we, we may not agree all the time, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on. Uh, specifically, David Quinn. I don't know if there's a bigger I, – I, I'll go with critic. I think critic's a fair term. You, you, you are more critical of the David Quinn, will this work, than I think any personality on Rangers Twitter that I've encountered. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting, too, because I've seen some people start to come around lately, but in like – Give him no, no, no. Let's get the hey. Look, it's still early. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt, even though we're seeing the exact same things that we saw. Dur- it might as well be Elaine Vigneault behind the bench. I mean, it's really not a whole lot different. I, I, I like to say that there are, you know, oh, it's a breath of fresh air. He's a, you know, he's never coached in the NHL and everything else. 
he's taken the pages right out of the playbook of the guys that do the things like, you know, oh, I don't know, put Spooner in the top six, even though he's done nothing this season to deserve it, instead of maybe throwing a young, talented prospect in and uh, giving him a whirl and giving him some more minutes. Um, speaking out of, out, out of both sides of their mouth during press conferences, saying things like, well, we want to tap into the young talent. We want to give him more time, but not actually doing it, burying him on a line with Cody McLeod. Um, it, he looks like Dr. Strange. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the cape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just kind of weird. Uh, Recipe uh, Stanley. Yeah. Um, I, I don't – here. He, I'll say this. It, it would be unfair of me to just characterize him as, um, you know, uh, a bad signing because, it, look, we really haven't had enough time, and he really is inheriting a team that's in flux and in, in the process of changing. And You know, I, I don't blame him. I've said this, to be fair to him. I don't blame him for saying things like, look, we're not rebuilding. We're trying to win games right now. And, and, you know, trying to do things to win games because that's what you're paid to do as a head coach. You're paid to win games. With that being said, you are also paid to, you know, foster the strength of the franchise to get it to a better place. And so far, I haven't seen him doing that. I've seen him doing kind of the opposite of that. And this whole, like, nobody's safe, I'll, you know, I'll scratch anybody at any given time, I think he's doing it totally backwards. He's, he's, um, He's putting the onus on the young players to prove that that um, you know that they can play mistake-free hockey instead of giving them the leash to make mistakes and gain confidence, and then holding the vets accountable when they're not putting in the effort that they should be putting in. Um, that's that's just I, 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 that's just what I'm seeing and. I, I like I said. I look. I see some people coming around. I, I'm going to get proven right. I know I will. I know it'll all come come full circle, and and we'll be uh, we'll be kind of going like, why did we hire this guy? And that's fine. I saved those tweets from way back when when I said it. Wow. <laughs> you, have, you have a notes section where you just write down everyone like this guy's going to get right. it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that I I I, I really do feel strongly. It, and this is not just like me just kind of pontificating on high because I, for no reason, like I watched him when he was coaching BU very, very closely. I followed BU, I follow Hockey East maybe closer than I follow the NHL. And I just never, the way he handled young, talented, kind of star level prospects is exactly how he's handling them right now in the NHL. And the way he handled these kind of like, you know, grinder, uh, aged out junior players that then sign in, uh, you, you know, sign on at a college uh, as like a 22 year old freshman, you know, it, he treat, he treats them and their effort as the thing that's going to, he basically fosters the low ceiling players playing their best and takes the confidence out of the highest ceiling players. And that's just not a winning recipe, especially when you're in a rebuild and you're trying to, and you've got all these young players that you've got to get to the next level. It's just not. I will say the most frustrating part that I, I've been I, I've been very vocal about this with David Quinn. It it really you you said talking both talking out of both sides of his mouth, and it's it's exactly that. We've seen two instances now where Quinn has mentioned his direct quote back in October after the Edmonton game was, "I have to do a better job of getting Philip Heedle ice time," 
And then his quote after I, I think it was the Red Wings game where he said, um, "Their ice time is not where we want it to be right now." And my thought is, "It's a job, man." Like, yeah, you're, that, you're the dude who pulls those strings, right? You're the guy. So uh, yeah, that's a, I that blew my mind um, when, when you know that kind of whole string of events uh, carried out the way it did. I just. To me, it's a guy who really um, – look, I, you'd like to think that guys that make it to the professional level of the sport and then to the NHL are the penultimate level of the, of the sport in terms of coaching and participating in it are the smartest people in the room, and they're the best at what they do. But we've seen it time and time again in front offices, and we've seen it with coaches as well, and in some cases you see it with players the best guys are not always in the, in those positions. They're, they're not. And sometimes they may get from one step to the next, you know, for reasons that don't really have to do with merit. Um, they have to do with networking, who, you know, you know, the fact that you have been in and around the game your entire life, played the game, things like that. And things just fall your way. I looked at that signing from the very start and said that if it's, this guy is not going to be a successful NHL coach. He might've been, 15, 20 years ago, but not in today's NHL. Do you think he got signed on to be Rangers coach because of his quote-unquote development he did at BU and all the connections he has with East Coast hockey? I think that, see, my that's kind of was my, my thought at first was he's developed a lot of young players that are now in the NHL. And then I doubled back on that and said, wait a second, he hasn't developed those players. He recruited those players or was part of a program that recruited them. They came to BU with the pedigree, and they carried on with that pedigree, and some of them have made it and some of them haven't. Quite frankly, what I saw at BU was that he did not develop some of his strongest talent. He didn't make them appreciably better during their time there. Um, they got through it, and they moved on. Um, I, you know, I'll never remember – or I'll never – I'll never remember. I'll never forget. Um you know, the way that for the first half of the of the of the freshman year that he had Jordan Greenway, the way he would bury him in, in the middle. Jordan Greenway makes a lot of mistakes, but he's an incredible talent. And he, it's like uh, it is truly the man playing amongst boys things when you when you would see him playing in college and he would bury him sometimes for making the smallest little mistake. Um, and it's like, look, he's he's a. 18-year-old freshman, he's or 17-year-old freshman, whatever he was, he's going to make a mistake here and there. But if you leave him out on the ice, he's going to get through that, and, you, and it's going to pay dividends for him and his development and his confidence and for, you know, for the team. Um, and, you know, I just see the same thing with the Rangers. I mean, the way that he's treated um, all the young players that have been playing so far, uh, aside from, I guess, Jimmy Vesey, who, uh, you know, he no, can't teach 6'6 in Harvard. You probably you probably got to exclude Brett Howden too. Yeah, well, look, Howden fits a, a mold of the player that he he kind of likes, which is, uh, you know, Howden. A lot of his play is, although he does have some talent and ability, that guy just grinds. He plays really hard, and it's clear that Quinn appreciates that. And I'm cool with that. I'm okay with you, um, uh, you know, uh, rewarding effort. But when you when you penalize mistakes and then hide behind this while well, he didn't have the effort thing, um, you can't tell me that, you know, 
Booch or, or some of these guys that like the they play the way they play. That that that's all just like oh well you know we're, we're penalizing him because he hasn't put the effort in. I I don't buy it. It's his style of play. He's not the type of player that a Brett Brett Howden is. He's not the type of player who's going to be driving you know head on into the corners and do it and grinding pucks out of the. Uh, from behind the net and things like that. He's just not that type of player. He's a different type of player. He's a pure goal scorer. Um, and you have to find a different way to foster that and utilize it. You know, that's your job as a coach is to take your toolbox and, and use all the different tools at your disposal, not try to turn a screwdriver into a hammer. That, that's fair. I, 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 uh, I, I, I'm curious to get your opinion on this. We talked about it before you joined the podcast today. Um, in my attempt to just steer frustrations away from David Quinn, I kind of turned <laughs> the attention a little bit towards Jeff Gorton because David Quinn didn't go out and sign Cody McLeod. There could be, there could be no a doubt. different person playing Cody McLeod's role, right? Someone that's actually no got talent a little bit. And I, like if, if, if it was Booney Evans doing everything Cody McLeod has done in terms of replacing different guys in the lineup and becoming the not so much in my mind, Quinn isn't trying to find a way to get McLeod in the lineup. He's trying to prove a point to take someone out of the lineup. So if Booney Evans is just your guy that has to play because Quinn is sending a message to someone else, I, I just I think that helps someone like Filipino more because you're putting an actual skater next to him. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I, I mean, look, I don't I don't think the world of of Boo. I mean, he's fine, but. Uh, uh, yeah, if I had a choice between him, putting him next to Heedle and putting McLeod, I'm going to choose him, right? Um, I, what I'd say is this. I, I, I agree with you that the, that the onus is on a general manager to have enough solutions at your disposal. To take, first way, to take away the, you know, the toys that the, the coach shouldn't be playing with, right? And put, the, put the, the, the toys out there that you want them to play with. I think that, you know, you have to protect. Everybody's got to be accountable, and there has to be checks and balances. And you have to protect a coach from their blind spots in some cases. So it's either incumbent on the GM to, to say, look, you've got to play these guys more, and we've got to work together to get you to where you feel comfortable playing these guys, or just simply take some of the toys away, right? Take away the Cody McLeods. Don't sign those guys. Um, you know, I – uh, before the season started, people were flipping out about the, about the defenseman and about signing McQuaid, and I kind of dismissed it because I said, yeah, but you know what? It's like, are there really enough prospects in the system to warrant not signing McQuaid? Like, I, if from, from defense, uh, I don't know, maybe some of these guys. I'm not too high on Tony D'Angelo, and we'll talk about that. But we'll get to that, yeah. He, yeah, but, like, you know, I kind of said, eh, whatever, it's a fill-in year. McQuaid will go out there, and it'll probably suck, and it'll probably contribute to the tank more than anything else. But, um, you know, I didn't kill I didn't kill Gordon. You know, I, I, I've thought more about that, and, and I think that I, I can't give Gordon a pass either because it's his job to make sure that the cupboard is full so that you don't have to sign McQuaid. And, it's not just, oh, well, you know, he should get a pass because we're in the first true year of a rebuild. Like, you can keep the cupboard full while you're, you know, humming along. It's not like every team has to tank out to become successful again. I understand that they've had years and years of playoff success mostly on the back of Henrik Lundqvist, but that's the point. It's been mostly on the back of Henrik Lundqvist while you haven't been, you know, backfilling with prospects and, and you know, guys that can contribute. So that's on Gorton. 
And, uh, you know, I was probably wrong to give him a pass about a guy like McQuaid. It's his fault for getting us to this point in the first place where we don't have enough that, you know, a head coach would even feel comfortable putting some guys, some new faces out there. The thing is, like, we've seen teams tank, right? We've watched Arizona. It's not tanking that makes you a good team in the future. It's tanking the right way. You know, getting right. drafting and, and, and making the correct trades and making these important decisions. And if he doesn't trade McQuaid for a better pick than what he got him for, I still that doesn't make sense to me whatsoever. I, I don't really understand why that move would be made. I'd rather be playing D'Angelo, who I think of recent, and I guess we'll get to this now, has been one of the better Ranger defenders. Uh, have you started to change your mind at all, or do you still think he's a trash fire of a garbage defender? Yeah, he stinks, but... Okay. Uh, what else? What I'll say is this: everybody else stinks as bad or, or worse. So I'm just kind of like, eh. I, here's what I see out of D'Angelo. I see a guy who's utterly confused from his blue line back, uh, but he's he is really good when he's moving up the ice, and he's really he's actually good. He's better than I thought he would be in terms of like chase down defending. Meaning, you know, if if he's in the offensive play and he's on the far side and he has to get across to stop a breakout or, or cut into the middle to kind of break break up and disrupt neutral ice, he's pretty damn good at that. So, um, you know, that's something that I didn't see uh, in the past with him that I think he's developed in his game. He's used his, you know, plus-plus skating and learned how to take away passing lanes and, and disrupt and neutral ice, which is great. You know, that means that he's developing. It means he's headed in the right direction and adding things to his game that he didn't really have before. You know, in the past, he'd just get out of position and be out of the play, and he'd just be so focused on moving up ice, he seemed almost disinterested in anything involving defense, to the point where I used to say he needs to be transitioned into a forward. Um, but I, I still, you know, boy, he, he is a nightmare around, around Lundqvist in, in front of the net. Um, in terms of finding coverage and his head being on a swivel, he kind of puck watches and loses track of things, and then he kind of reacts after the fact. Um, but, you know, his, the effort's definitely there. He's, um, he's changed that part of his game in the defensive zone. He seems like he's engaged and he's, like, going after things. So, uh, look, I, I, I'd say he's coming along. It's all – that's promising. Do I think he's going to be, like – uh, you know, a top four defender in the in the NHL for years to come. Uh, no, I think he might dabble. I think he he could be in a, a serviceable NHL defenseman. I think if you had him in your in your lineup and you could use him on the power play um, and give him kind of limited, uh, you know, bottom pairing D minutes. Otherwise, on five on five, you'd probably be in a good place generally speaking. I th- um, that, to get you to admit that from where you were earlier in the season feels like an accomplishment. It is, yeah. But, but I, look, I, I think that if you're, if you're really competing, uh, you know, for a president's trophy and you're relying on a Tony D'Angelo present tense, you're probably in trouble defensively. Um, you know, maybe a, a, if he keeps developing, then he'll get to where I said he would be. But, could you imagine him like on Nashville? Like he just is probably not playing, um, probably not even sniffing the lineup. Certainly not. So 
Right. So let's, you know, kind of keep things in perspective, just given his, his age and the, the amount of time that, look, he's, he's still a young kid, but um, he's taken a little while to get to where you feel okay throwing him out there in anything but a power play situation. So um, uh, look, I, uh, yeah, I'll admit I've, I've, he's not a complete dumpster fire. Whoa. That, that question started a whole different way. Do you feel the same? <laughs> but, do, wait, but, hold, on, hold on, hold on. Do you feel the same way about Neil Pionk? Uh, See, I'm just giving it out. I'm taking it out of you. It's, he, it's hard to deny what he's done, right? Despite all he, the analytics saying he's a trash hole. Yeah, I don't understand Pionk, to be honest with you. No because I see I see incredible flashes, but if you ask the non-Rangers fan, somebody who doesn't watch, tell me a, a little bit about Neil Pionk, and they relied on, you know, statistical information, Petey looks like garbage. He looks like white-hot trash. Not that anybody on the Rangers really shows incredibly well. Actually, I, I take that back. They've, they've actually been pleasantly surprising compared to how they were last year, but not, you know, it is what it is this year. Right. But, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't show well statistically. Um, but boy, he's got some incredible skills that he just kind of like pulls out of left field all of a sudden in, in games. And you're like, what, what just happened? How did that happen? Um, so I, I don't know what to make of him. Um, I don't really know what he is yet. He's one that kind of, Stumps me. I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I Well, we've been talking about Neil for the better part of two weeks because basically of what you're saying, like he's one of the first players in my – as being this deep into a hockey team, I can't recall a player that seemingly passes the eye test on a nightly basis, but then I try and back up that evidence with anything from any reliable deep dive analytical aspect, and it, it's not there. He is – yeah. There, there isn't a metric that is friendly to Neil Pionk outside of the eye test. So I, I'm kind of like you where I haven't been able to equate those two things together. But my, my question is kind of more of every, everything you just used to describe Tony D'Angelo, like a guy who might dabble as a top four defenseman but seems to be on the path of being a serviceable NHL defenseman. Yeah. It, it, do we play with different standards when we're – comparing D'Angelo to Pionk because every time we look at D'Angelo, whether we like it or not, we see Derek Stepan. It, like, it, <laughs> is D'Angelo, yeah. like, if, even if even if you take away Tony D'Angelo being what seems like a shit human being off the right. ice, and even on the <laughs> an ice. Ab, like, an abject racist. Right. Yeah. You, you take that out, and we're, we're talking about purely guy doesn't talk, just skating. Tony D'Angelo seems to be outperforming Neil Pionk, but it seems like we're ready to make an excuse for anything Neil Pionk does, whereas we're waiting to hold something against Tony D'Angelo. And they seem like not just the exact same player, but I don't, I don't think you can tell me right now that D'Angelo doesn't have the edge head-to-head against those two. Oh, I, 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 think, you're probably, I think you're probably right, but what I would say is this, I, I, with, one, with a caveat. There is much more of a track record of Tony D'Angelo being put, you can put the shit person thing aside. There's a huge track record of him being a shitty hockey player. It's just a reality. I, I mean, there at, at at every professional stop up until a handful of games this year, 
Um, he has not performed well. He really hasn't. Not in the AHL, not anywhere at the professional level. So, you know, I, I, let's, let's, we do have to pump the brakes here a little bit with Tony D'Angelo and just say, look, it's a handful of games in a month. You know, or, or how, how how many games has he played total this season? Nine, I, eight, yeah, nine. I think, I think he's up. I think tonight will be number ten. Tonight is ten. Nine. Okay, nine, ten games. He's got. You know, he he's he's performed really well. He's also shooting eighteen percent. You know, on his two goals, he, he. I think they were both power play goals, which that's what he's good at. Like we love the offensive stuff. A lot of people don't see the stuff in the defensive zone. Neil Pionk, all I'm saying is I don't even understand him because I see things, I see flashes of brilliance, like absolute brilliance, but then statistically he doesn't make any sense. Like I'm willing to admit Tony D'Angelo has had a good chunk of games here where he's performed way better than I thought uh, he would and was willing to give him credit for before the season. And I'm willing to say maybe he's developing in the right direction based on what I've seen, but you got to – put it with a grain of salt it's just nine games he could also go south for nine games too and then you'll it'll be a distant memory i mean that's it's you know those are cognitive biases in play and my position on neil piang is i just don't understand him i just don't i'm like you guys i just don't understand him because i see great things but the stats aren't there so maybe my maybe it's statistical aberration maybe my eyes are deceiving me you know we need more time with both of these guys to make a determination and that's what this year's about, right? It's about time to make a determination. And that's why, going back to your David Quinn argument, is why I'm still waiting. Because I'm on the fence with Quinn. It's not like I like him or I don't like him. You've watched a lot more of him than I have, definitely. But he's gotten this team playing close games and excited hockey for the last couple of weeks. And I've been really thrilled with that. And if, if, that's, if he's instilling the culture of toughness, which I hope he is. I know that's such a cliche sports thing to say. Uh, I'm yeah. going to stay on the fence for now. Uh, and I think you'll end up being right eventually, but I'm hoping it's three years from now. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it, I, I, I go back to last season. They had stretches where they were playing kind of exciting hockey and going to overtime and, and gutting out wins. And then all of a sudden, they, you know, you looked in the standings and they were like way the hell out of it, right? Um, so uh, I, I'm just I'm, – I'm holding my breath or waiting for the other shoe to fall or whatever – cliche statement. I, I really think that if you keep putting these veterans out there, um, eventually they're going to start losing the games they should lose. And then they, they're doing themselves a disservice by not um, building the building and developing for the future and building the confidence of the young players, giving them a chance to get out there and play significant minutes, at, you know, um, in develop and, and, one thing I will say, I mean, you know, some of these vets should play. It's not like Zuccarello and, and you know, Zib shouldn't play. I mean, th- but there are, there's a lot of guys that are out there that shouldn't. That, you, that, we need say, to start looking for trades or something. Say, to, say, say his name. It's Ryan Spooner. Ryan Spooner's been Ryan, a, been a, Ryan Spooner, it just makes me. Yeah, he's He's been a disaster this season, and he's yeah. getting first line minutes tonight. That's. That's Rangers hockey in a nutshell. Uh, Nick, too quick. Well, you don't have to be quick with it. I mean, our, your, your time is our time, whatever you want to do. Um, two things we talked about. On this, well, one thing we talked on this podcast before you joined us. One other thing that's just lingering out there. Uh, are you team 
trade Kevin Hayes or are you team extension? I'm team trade Kevin Hayes if another team wants to treat him as a, a top you know a, a top six center and give a return that a top six center would warrant. I'm not convinced though that other teams will look at him that way. I actually think that they won't. Um, despite his size and his peripherals, I mean, it, it, unless a team is doing really well but really, really has a huge hole down the middle, which those two things usually don't correlate, um, I don't think we're going to get the return. So, you know, don't don't part with him yet. Um, I, I, there's more to come from Kevin Hayes. I really still firmly believe that. I mean – He's he's shown it. He really, I thought, had his development kind of put on on uh, on the skids a little bit by Vigneault with how he's he's been deployed. Um, but he's still kind of made the best out of it. I know he's not for everybody, um, but man, his he's got some like unbridled, like wild talent when um, you know when he's going right. And I I feel like if you can tap into that more routinely. Uh, He's not just going to be a top, you know, a top six center. He'll be like a number one center. Um, would you, so you would you would also pay him north of six million dollars annually? See, that's the pro. That's that's the thing. It's like uh, that's that's where I'm in this kind of catch twenty two. I it's hard to everybody wants you know everybody still pays on past performance, and it's hard to look at past performance and say is he you know is he a six million dollar center? But then again there's a lot of four and $5 million centers that haven't produced what he's produced so far. And he's still got a lot of runway in front of him. You know, um, what is he? 26 now? Yeah. 26. Yeah. So call it, call it four good years. Three. I, I do a three or four year, four year deal on but, 6 million a year. You're going to get his best years for 6 million. Would, and would, then, you, would you swallow a five year deal to get those three years? Because I don't see any way he settles for less than five. Who's getting five-year deals in, in his position, though? A 26-year-old center about to hit unrestricted free agency for all the reasons you just uh, explained? I mean, we live, we live in a world where James Neal just got about six years. Yeah, but that there's there's some drunkenness going on over in the Western Conference. There's some, I, I, there's I, some I, haywire shit that, that goes on over there. That that I, I don't that I don't disagree with, but <laughs> I mean you're asking NHL GMs. To I know, me. I know, I know. Well, there's an ultimate paying for past performance, right? I mean, James Neal has this pedigree as uh, a kind of you know not an elite goal scorer, but definitely somewhere in that range. And I think his reputation precedes him with some folks um, in front offices. I don't think Kevin Hayes has that reputation that precedes him. If enough, so like I said, I would be surprised if another team would give the return of a, of like a second line center. Um, if, if you moved him now and I would use that when you're trying to negotiate a deal with him and say, look, you know, we, we like you, we like, we value you more than other teams value you. You're going to go out on the open market and, and you're not going to get what you think you're going to get. So be fair. We'll treat you well. If, if you treat us well, let's fall in the middle here somewhere that that's reasonable. You know, uh, we're going to, we're going to pay you to, to be the top six player you should be and need to be, you know, center or wing. Um, and, but we're not going to give you something. We're not going to do something crazy and give you like five years or something like that. 
Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know. I don't know. You might be right. I, it's hard to say, um, you know, this is one of these things where you're, we're guessing, you know, um, it's hard to say how much he values being in New York. I tend to think that he might not value it that much just based on the way he kind of got jerked around. Um, under he, he, can, he continues to say all the right things. So he does. I, yeah. And any, any athlete should, I mean, not right. everyone can be Jimmy Butler and light a fucking locker room on oh, fire. Right. That guy's a garbage <laughs> fire. Uh, the, the last one, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because I, I'm of the opinion. It's just not really worth talking about. Is there a viable trade option the Rangers can do for William Nylander? Oh, why are we doing this? I, I, we just got to say it because people are talking you know, about it. You know, this is, you know, this is why I literally could not talk hockey to, today on Twitter <laughs> because I saw, I saw two things. I saw that, and then I saw Leafs Twitter asking about if there were serious proposals for first-round picks, would you give up Nylander? The best one I saw is actually from – uh, a friend of mine, Drag Like Pole, who said, uh, he said something like, um, you know, just just musing, but I wonder if Colorado would trade Ottawa's first-round pick for Nylander. And I was like, oh, no. No. Oh, no. They would never <laughs> do that. <laughs> no, of course not. Never. Of course not. Yeah. Ottawa, there's a website dedicated to Ottawa's first-round pick benefiting Colorado and how, you know, how how low will they fall that that, that it'll end up uh, you know giving them the the top whatever pick. Um, but anyways, I, what I, look, Nylander is kind of a pipe dream. I think that something is either going to get worked out, and if it doesn't get worked out, then there's almost no point in speculating. You know what? I I, I don't know what they how they would value him if they were going to send him out, and I don't know if we'd have the parts to to be of value to a team that, you know, has aspirations for a Stanley Cup. It, um, it's hard it, to imagine any trade not including Brady Shea. And yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here saying that Brady Shea is better than William Nylander. Brady Shea is more important to the Rangers' long-term success than another winger. Yeah, I, it, it all depends on what you think of Nylander. I mean, I, I tend to think Nylander is, is really a special talent, but I don't know if I want to put up with the dude. Um, I don't quite know where his head's at because that's a, he's really drawn a line in the sand. And for, you know, how old is he? 21? He's very young. Yeah. 21 and you're drawing that type of line in the sand. Are you going to be another Jonathan Druin? Um, no good. He turned out. Right. I, you know, I mean, he might alienate an entire locker room just by virtue of being on the team. Um, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe they'd be like, hey, man, good job. You fought for all of us. I have no idea. But what I would say is if, if it's going to involve like a Brady Shea, you're right. I mean, if we're talking, if, it, if it's Toronto and they're like, look, we need Matt Zuccarello, then fine. Love you, Zook, but see you later, man. See you, buddy. Love you. Yeah. Love you. Love the years you were here, but you're not part of the future, unfortunately. So, um, you know, adios. But – you're right. It's probably going to be Brady Shea. It's probably going to be, you know, something unreasonable with, with, you know, some draft picks or something like that. And I don't know if it's worth mortgaging all that for a guy who seems to be a malcontent who might not even want to be in New York, um, you know, long-term. I don't know. I'm with you uh, on that. If any, if any player should have signed a offer sheet, it should have been William Elander. Oh, just my force, God. Just force, the force the Leafs' hands. You want, right. you want this amount of money? Go get it. There are plenty. Right, of, exactly. There are a couple teams that could offer it. So that's exactly right. 
Um, if, yeah. if only NHL GMs had balls. That's really what it comes down so to. So weird. Yeah, well, it's the good old boys club, right? We so always they, uh, you know. Nick, <laughs> Nick, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Um, why don't you go ahead and plug all your stuff? Yeah, all my stuff. So uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at nmercad, N-M-E-R-C-A-D. Um, you, you can uh, read all of my articles at uh, hockey graphs and blue shirt banter. I write at blue shirt banter almost every single day and you'll see all my articles there. If you search. Cause they're hidden. <laughs> That's right. They're hidden. They're like Easter eggs. Hmm. So is there a reason why like Joe might hide you like that? Uh, you know, Joe and I have had a, it's a, it's a love hate relationship. Joe and I, I don't have. know what that's like. Do tell. <laughs> 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 I have no, no such thing with Joe. All right, man. Thanks so much. We'll have you back on sometime uh, as the year goes by. Is that cool? You want to come back on? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Sounds great. All I right, had man. fun. Peace out. Transition. Nick was a great guest. Right? What a, what, a, what a twist. What a twist. I had no idea he was going to say Tony D'Angelo has been fine. Caught him looking with that slobber knocker. He got him bad. You were like, it's, so, that's what I'm here to do, man. And I said the same thing. I was like, do you think he's been that bad? And Nick was like, I don't know. I guess not. I was like, what? whoa. He's, he, he's, he started out with, he fucking sucks. Yeah. And then, and then by, the, by the end of it, we didn't even have to say anything. He talked himself into it. It was great. Loved it. Yeah, it was amazing. I don't know how we did it. Uh, uh, we're, just, we're just really good at our craft. Let's do some freaking housekeeping, dude. Hit dude, it. bruh. Uh, if you are interested, me and Greg are going to be at the Riveters game this Sunday. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Sunday, uh, Sunday. Afternoon game too. So we we're not. You guys can still watch your four o'clock football. Just come watch hockey with us too. We'll be uh, there. If anyone's in the area and wants to see a Riveters game, well, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at Bullshit Break. Greg will be responding to all questions. Uh, I will. Or you can hit me up on O'Ryan Me, and I will know what's happening. Uh, and then uh, January twelfth, day drinking. You mean yes. more day drinking? Yeah, more. This one's a Saturday. Oh man, I'm so you can so get screwed. super rowdy. I'm so screwed. I have so much coming up that it, this next like nine weeks, it's like, hey, liver, get ready, buddy. Like, uh, yeah, not excited. Uh, well, actually, we're really screwed. excited. Not excited for the after effect. What's well, also, you know, what? Just let's just do the, the end of this podcast a little bit of housekeeping. Um, sure. So this week uh, we had Nick. Next week we have a special guest. Can we say it now? Uh, well, you didn't finish the the. January 12th, Saturday, oh, 1 yeah. o'clock, Offside Tavern. Yes. Uh, it's awesome. We Gotham be, Sports Network, we're doing a day drinking open bar at the Offside 35, Tavern. $35 gets you in for the open bar. Drink as long as the game is going on. Drink long after the game is going on. Get, get uh, as our friend Connor Clark would say, Liddy Titty. Yeah, as, as the great sage himself would say. Uh, also, if you're interested, today I placed an order for our our Christmas, or not sorry, our Christmas and Hanukkah holiday sweater, um, which has a giraffe on it, and it is up on now for our Patreon subscribers of the ten dollar tier. You can check it and out. It's done by Control Designs. Cannot emphasize this enough. These are going to be extremely limited. Yeah, I, we have we have more than enough for our Patreon subscribers right now. We will have a few extra after that. The only way we can guarantee you a sweater. Is by becoming a Patreon subscriber. Yeah, they like, will. They will not last long. If you're like, I'll get these in a month. I'll just tell you right now. We've only ordered like seventy, and a lot of them are taken for already. So yeah. if you want to try and get your size, come come get this shit quick. And they're yeah, it, and I gotta say so myself. They're pretty hot. They're really uh, hot. they're great. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting mine. I do get one, right? You do get one. Very good. I hope so. Uh, I'm excited. I don't know. See why you wouldn't. Uh, I I just I get nervous. Uh, me too. All right. Um. And then last things last. Uh, as you know, this podcast comes out every Tuesday, every mm-hmm. single Tuesday. 
But sure does. Greg and I leave for Europe on December 6th. So, uh, we do. So we will, we, not- we will physically be in Europe for one of these recordings and we will be incredibly jet lagged for the other. Yeah. So just so you can feel bad for us, because I know you want to feel bad for two guys going to Europe to have a vacation in Amsterdam in the UK. Uh, the episode that comes out Tuesday, December 4th, and I'll remind you guys of this again next week, will be pre-recorded. We won't be talking any new Ranger Wait, hockey. No, 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 no. No, The one that comes out December 4th is going to be a normal, perfectly fine oh, episode. Oh, you're, right. we're you're right. We're in America for we're that one. We're still in America. Dumbass. I'm a dumbass. The, December 11th December, is going to be a problem. December 11th, how could I forget, is the one we're actually there. So we're going to do a special episode. We'll talk about all the Ranger hockey that already happened, and then we're going to do some no- nice nonsense to have for you guys. Uh, and then, super fun episode, Greg and I land at JFK at 8.30 p.m. on Monday, December 17th. And we will be recording Boucher's Breakaway that night to have it out December 18th. If you think that episode's going to be good, boy, am I sorry. So guess what? The next, and this is, I'm, I'm bringing it all downtown here. The next good episode of Boucher's Breakaway you'll have will be recorded on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and posted on Christmas Day as a present Underneath your tree. And, uh, and if you thought that was bad, the next podcast will be recorded on New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and posted on New Year's Day for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, way to go, calendar makers, yeah. for making all the big holidays Weird. on a Tuesday. I, I, I'm laughing so hard because I didn't realize that I'm going to have to record a podcast on Christmas Eve. I don't care about that because... You're, you know, you don't celebrate anyway. And I'm, well, the, I'm, the good news for the, the good news for you is if you, I mean, I'm assuming you took off work New Year's Eve. Uh, no. Oh, well, then you're fucked. I was going to say we could record early because <laughs> I get out of work early. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, uh, well, that that's, that sounds like a personal problem on your, fo- your they don't, part. They didn't give me. All, I'll probably leave early, so whatever. Um, but <laughs> that's fine. and then you know, just to do this, we'll probably have to record that Sunday, not New Year's Eve. So you know, figure that out. Fine. <laughs> fine. Uh, whatever, whatever you want to do. All right. Um, well, now, we, we now you guys some, have been in a business meeting, so that's fun. Yeah. But uh, we, we have some fun stuff going coming up for you guys. So don't don't you worry. We have, uh, like we said, we're at the Riveters game this Sunday. We are hosting the drink up for Rangers Islanders in January. Uh, and honestly, that pre-recorded episode we're talking about when we're in Europe is going to be really fun. Ryan had a really good idea for it. I'm really excited about it. Fuck it. We'll tell you what we're doing right now. Uh, we're going to basically... Oh, well, you don't know um, what I'm doing crit- yet, so let me tell you. Oh, I thought we were critiquing uh, one of our very early episodes. We are, but I'm doing it, I'm doing it this way. I've, I've changed my mind. I'm, oh, I, I'm making a best ofs of Blue Shirts Breakaway, uh, and we're going to talk over it a little bit. Some of the early episodes, some of, oh, boy. Some of uh, the Momcast, a little bit of the question, and we, we go back and just review the best of Blue Shirts Breakaway. Oh boy. Uh, okay. Well, that's great. I do remember there being episodes where I was trying to defend Jan Girardi as a decent NHL defenseman. Yeah, this is so I'm not stuff. looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be some fun stuff. I'm going to go back and look through all of it. So uh, start getting that together. So thanks you guys so much for listening. As always, if you want to support us, you can go to our Patreon at Blue Shirts Breakaway. Uh, and then also, if you want to sign up for The Athletic, it's theathletic.com slash Blue Shirts. Love y'all, y'all. If you have any questions, submit them into the iTunes five-star question of the week. And as always, hit us up on Twitter, Blue Shirts Break and Orion Mead. Peace out, y'all.